Happy Monday and happy Pride. This is Cordelia on the We Healed Together podcast. This is part one of two-part series. Today in this episode, I am getting into the differences between sex and gender and discussing pronouns. And then next week, I'm going to be going through some tips on how to be better allies to the LGBTQIA plus community. So I hope you enjoy the episodes. I actually compiled, I spent several hours compiling a bunch of really great worksheets. They're all free. You don't have to enter in your email address or anything. It's in the show notes. I think there's 17 total. So be sure to check those out. Those are available now in the show notes. If you like my content, I am Cordelia. You can find me on Instagram at Codependent Recovery. I also have a workbook for sale if you're going through a breakup. All the info about me is in the show notes, so check that out. Without further ado, we're going to take a quick word from our sponsor and then get right into the episode. Let's get healing, y'all. Today's episode is brought to you by two different sponsors. They are both doggy companies, so you know that I love them. (laughs) I will, for full disclosure and transparency, as I always want to disclose that kind of stuff to you, I will earn a commission if you end up clicking through the links for either of these sponsors and making a purchase. With that being said, I prior to getting in Instagram and getting any kind of partnership with these sponsors, as well as getting my podcast, with my own money, I I bought these products on my own, out of my pocket, and I can honestly say that I like these products a lot. I, I stand behind these products, and that's the only reason that I'm comfortable partnering with them. So first sponsor is iron doggy if you follow me on instagram that's who i I always show like the leash in my instagram that i use on my two dogs so i love their hands-free leashes you can use them for walking or running and they're awesome for taking your dogs around even if you just have one dog they have that option but they have awesome options for two dogs as well i have linked in the show notes, the leashes that I use for my dogs, as well as provided a general link. And if you use the code HEAL10, you get an additional 10% off. The other sponsor for today's episode is Embark. Again, this is another company that I paid for out of pocket, did the dog DNA testing kits on my dogs. And I thought it was such a cool process and I was really excited for this opportunity now to partner with them. So the results came back. It took about, mine only took about two weeks, but they general, generally come back in two to four weeks. The, they test over 350 breeds of dogs. They're the most accurate dog DNA test on the market, and they're the only canine DNA relative finder. They analyze over 200,000 genetic markers, And I've put the links for those kits in the show notes. 
if you use the spring 50 code on the link that I provided to the Breed and Health Kit, that will get you $50 off. I loved finding out my dog's breeds. I thought that was so cool. So I hope you enjoy those and check out the show notes. As mentioned, I will get a commission if you click on the affiliate link and purchase through there. As I mentioned, this is part one of a two-part series that I'm doing for people to become better allies to the LGBTQIA folks. And this first part that we are covering today, I'm going to be breaking down sex, gender, and pronouns. Next week, I am getting into tips action items to become better allies in your daily life. And it is, as I'm recording this, this is June 2021. It is Pride Month. So I just want to say happy Pride to all of my folks out there and to anyone working to be a better ally. I challenge you to use Pride Month to not only celebrate our LGBTQI plus folks, but also educate, advocate, and fight for the equality and acceptance of our LGBTQIA plus folks. As always, check out my show notes. I have citations for everything I'm talking about today. I've also linked posts that I've done on these topics if you want, you know, a quick abbreviated version to just have for reference on your phone. And finally, I spent several hours compiling 17 different worksheets. That is all in the show notes. You don't have to enter in your email. It is all free. You can just click it and it takes you right to the Google Drive that I stored it on. And it's just helpful worksheets for both allies and for people who are within the actual community and struggling and and need some help there. My Google Drive is full of worksheets if you've never checked it out before on previous episodes or since you've been following my Instagram. There's so much on there. And I also have a folder that has citations for where I've I've compiled all the worksheets and it's in a, a folder on the Google Drive called the citations or the sources for where I got all this info, something like that. So anyways, check all of that out because that is there for you and it's free. Let's get right into this. Sex versus gender. We need to start there to start this conversation. What is sex? The classification of a person as male, female, or intersex. I want you to absorb that because that might be shocking to many of you. And I'm not saying that as an insult. I'm, t- I'm telling you this because society has taught us and has ingrained in us that sex is this binary system and it's this binary worldview where it's male and female. But that's not true. Sex is not binary. 
even in this sex framework where we're talking about that classification of different folks, there is a third classification called intersex. What is intersex? Intersex is a general term used for a variety of conditions in which a person is born with a reproductive or sexual anatomy that doesn't fit the typical definitions of that binary view that I was just addressing, female or male. These differences or characteristics, they can be chromosomal, hormonal, and or anatomical. And they can present to differing degrees. Some of these characteristics can be immediately detected at birth, but sometimes those variants are really only going to show up and become evident later in life, such as when you are going through puberty. Intersex folks, people who are born intersex, they don't fit what you've been taught over and over, like okay, what we usually associate with male is chromosomally XY, what we usually associate as female XX. There's typically some kind of different chromosomal combination going on. Intersex has to do with these biological sexual characteristics. I want to make a point here because intersex has nothing to do with being transgender and that's often confusing to people and that's people use that term interchangeably and it's being used incorrectly. It's hard to know exactly how many people are intersex due to what I mentioned about sometimes it's not evident due to it not coming out until a little bit later in life, like when you start going through puberty. But the estimates suggest that about one to two out of a hundred people born in the United States are intersex. And I've linked that in the show notes as well. You may be thinking, okay, well, what happens to those people that are born intersex and it's visually apparent just by looking at the baby's genitalia what that this person or this baby is intersex most of the time when a baby is born intersex and it is visually apparent the doctors and the family decide together whether they are going to say this is male or female So that baby is like three seconds old. That baby is two hours old. That baby's however long old. And they are deciding that. And then they are raising the baby based on the gender that the doctor and the parent selected. And it's actually really common in those situations for surgery to be done on the baby's genitals. And for the child to be given hormones to make them fit into those categories of what we think as male or female as that baby goes through puberty. 
I wanted to take a moment and talk about this because I think it's really important as we get into this discussion. One of the biggest things people get confused about and hung up about is we think our lived experience in life is the same as everybody else's, but it's not. Just because I was born with a vulva that was readily apparent for the doctor and my parents to see and look at and identify assigned at birth like okay she's she's got a vulva we're gonna put down female just because that happened to me that doesn't mean that the rest of the world has that same experience that every other person has that same experience when they're born we shouldn't assume that everybody is the exact same and I think that's so key and pivotal as we talk about sex and gender sex again is an assignment at birth so this is an assignment at birth solely based on your genitals sex characteristics can include things like chromosomes genitals gonads sex hormones these are all things that we're talking about that are physical, biological things in your body. It's, it's really like a scientific lens of looking at it. So your sex assigned to you at birth may or may not correspond to your gender. So as we gain a deeper understanding, as we continue our discussion, we just kind of talked about a really brief high-level overview of intersex, but as we talk, get into this discussion of gender and transgender and otherwise, you know, non-conforming ideas and concepts, it's really easy to see this point. The big point I want you to take away from sex, and if you're feeling overwhelmed, I, I want to thank you for staying with me in this conversation because I think what's going to be really important for you is if you're somebody that gets uncomfortable around this topic is to really just sit and absorb and listen and you might have to listen to this a few times and your initial reaction to what I'm saying might be weird because I may be challenging everything you've ever been taught. And I don't, ex I think it's completely reasonable and normal to, for your body and your brain to kind of, if you're in that camp, to be thinking, what is she talking about? I don't like this. And I want you and I challenge you to sit with it. And I challenge you to do additional research beyond what I'm saying. But the biggest, if you are feeling uncomfortable at this point, I would just, I want to tell you, please stay with me because I really think if you just kind of critically think about all of this and you just sit with it and the more you absorb it, the more it's actually going to make sense that you've kind of been indoctrinated about a lot of these ideas. But the biggest takeaway I want for you to have from this discussion about sex is do not assume that gender is tied to chromosomes, gonads, 
sex hormones, external genitalia, physical characteristics. So don't use physical characteristics as your guidepost for determining the basis of somebody's gender. So what is gender then? It's a living, growing experience that changes over time. Gender is something that describes our internal understanding and experience of our own gender identity. Each person's experience of their gender identity is unique and it's personal. And it cannot be known just by looking at another person. It's a social construct. According to Merriam-Webster, I looked up the, dish, the definition of a social construct. So that is an idea that has been created and accepted by the people in society. This is really key because once we are able to recognize gender as a social construct, as an idea that has been created and accepted by people in society, only then can we move away from that. We don't have to let societal norms, traditions, traditional way of thinking rule us in the present day. So maybe society, maybe your family of origin have trained you to think in a binary lens about gender. And if this is a new way of thinking, again, I really, really want to challenge you to dig deep here. I want you to think back to all the times you were growing up. And I just want you to think silently to yourself whether or not you ever heard any of these phrases. Well, boys and girls are different. Well, if you do X, then that's a masculine thing to do. Well, if you do Y, that's a feminine thing to do. Women are supposed to act this way. Men are supposed to act that way. Women should take care of the home. Women are emotional. Men are better at math and science. Men want sex all the time, and they like sex more than women. Women are the weaker sex. By the way, when I was a prosecutor, I will never forget, there was an attorney who practiced in the same city as me, and he made national headlines for calling women the weaker sex during closing arguments of a rape trial. I actually linked the article in the show notes just so you could see that he actually said that. So the reason I put these phrases out as examples are these phrases are absolutely examples of the ideology and the concepts of why and how the binary lens of gender continues to go on and on and on. Because what I just presented to you only talks about male, female, and it has become society places characteristics in ways that you are supposed to act because you are, they are putting you into a box. They are putting you into male or female. Gender binary is what this is talking about. And that's the idea that there are only two genders, man and woman. 
and that a person must be strictly gendered as either man or woman. If you think about it, binary means having two parts. And so non-binary then, if you hear somebody say, you know, I'm non-binary, this is a term that somebody's using to say, I don't fall into the category of these, these concepts of that the world is only full of male and female. And then I just wanted to add here at this point, sexuality, because that's a whole different thing. And that's who you are attracted to. So these are really three completely separate topics. There's an awesome diagram that I attached and it's in the show notes today and it's in those the worksheets that I compiled. And it's a continuum of sex, gender, and sexuality. And it's really cool. It's, it has a bunch of different... It says like biological sex, gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation, and it just represents how these are really continuous concepts. So if you're more of a visual learner, check that PDF out because it's very, very helpful. One organization that's really awesome is the Trevor Project, and they put out some really good definitions of some possible different types of genders. So I'm just going to read you these definitions just so you know what they mean. So one, cisgender. That is a term that people use when they're talking about people whose gender identity aligns with the sex they were assigned at birth. So I was assigned female at birth and I also identify as female in my gender. So I would be cisgender. Transgender is people who identify who's, I'm sorry, (laughs) people whose gender identity differs from the sex they were assigned at birth. Many transgender people will transition to align their gender expression with their gender identity, but you do not have to transition in order to be transgender. So, again, let's say I was assigned female at birth and I actually identify as male. That is an example of being transgender. I might transition to align my gender expression with gender identity, but I don't have to do that to be transgender. Non-binary, again, I briefly went over that a second ago, but that's people who experience their gender identity and or gender expression as outside of the male-female gender binary. There's many other words that are used outside of the traditional categories of man and woman. Some examples are gender fluid, gender queer, polygender, bigender, demigender. These identities are similar, but they're not necessarily interchangeable or synonymous. And then two-spirit, that's a term created by First Nations, Native American, Indigenous people 
whose sexual orientation and or gender sex exists in ways that challenge colonial constructs of a gender binary. This term really should not be appropriated to describe people who are not First Nations, Native American, or Indigenous members. Part of the reason that I thought it was very important to do this episode is based on some of the comments that I received from folks when I posted this, when I made posts about sex and gender on my page recently on Instagram. So I really want to flush those out because I imagine there may be some people out there listening that are thinking these same things. One comment I received was your opinion. Someone born with female reproductive body parts but identifies as a man. Does that mean men can give birth? I think no because we're getting into the science. But there's lots of hate and arguments and it feels like women are getting unacknowledged for what their body does and the beauty within that by saying that a man can birth a child. This does not take anything away from a person who identifies or lives as a man. So in that comment, the person is really confusing the comments of sex and gender. It really translates to that person is actually asking a human being that's born with a vulva and vagina. So based on that external genitalia, a physician has assigned that human at birth the sex of female. Later, it actually turns out that the sex assigned at birth is not the same as the person's gender. In other words, that baby isn't a she, that baby is a he. So does that mean that men give birth? That's what that question actually asks. Number one, this simplifies the world into binary. Whether we are talking about sex or gender, the classifications do not only exist to male and female. Remember, I even told you at the beginning of the episode, the statistic is about one or two out of a hundred people are born and intersex. So male and female are not the only options. First of all, even if we're talking about quote unquote science. Number two, yes, women are not the only humans that can give birth. Transgender men, non-binary people, women, and intersex people are all examples of people who can give birth. Do you have a womb? Does the human being have a womb? Then yes. They can give birth. I love this quote and I've put a link to it in the show notes. There's nothing inherently feminine or womanly about conception, pregnancy, or delivery. No body part nor bodily function is inherently gendered. If your body can gestate a fetus and that's something that you want to happen, then it's for you second comment that I received. Then why does the MVA allow people to change their sex on their driver's licenses from male to female or vice versa? First of all, I'm assuming the person meant DMV, 
the Department of Motor Vehicle and not the MVA. I'm not totally sure what that means. <laughs> but here's some things to keep in mind. The DMV is a state governmental agency. So in the United States, both driver's licenses and birth certificates are issued by the individual states. The federal government doesn't issue your driver's license. That's your state in the United States. In the United States, a physician assigns a person sex at birth. That physician is licensed by the state, not the federal government, the state. And birth certificates are also issued by the state. The federal government doesn't issue your birth certificate. So the state regulates the DMV, the physician's license, and the birth certificate. Birth certificates and driver's licenses are social constructs. Some states have more modern laws. So according to the New York Times, at least a dozen states and Washington, D.C. have amended their laws to offer an ex-gender designation on some identifying documents, including driver's licenses and birth certificates. So let's back up for a second. What about the federal level? To date, the U.S. federal government does not permit gender-neutral or non-binary markers on passports, social security records, etc. But on June 1st, 2021, literally this month, over 80 civil and human rights organizations sent a letter to President Biden urging him to issue an executive order to ensure transgender non-binary and intersex people can obtain accurate identification documents. So each state has different laws. That's my point. And this process is going to vary from state to state. But based on what this person has asked me in the comments, I'm going to address just the state driver's license. Each state has its own constitution. And that's what governs the state. So most state constitutions are modeled after the federal constitution, the U.S. Constitution. The federal constitution, the United States Constitution, literally says all men are created equal. It doesn't even include women. It has one gender, men. White men created United States laws pretty obvious why they structured the infrastructures and wrote the laws the way that they did. But if your question in a conversation about gender is, but the government makes us fill out paperwork different than what you're saying, you need to sit down. Like you need to sit your ass all the way down because it's so, it just blows my mind, honestly. But let me make it even simpler for you if you're having just so much trouble just wrapping your mind around this one. Think about it from a paperwork standpoint. So if we're talking about the same state that assigned you a sex, not a gender at birth, the state never assigned you a gender. So unless your state has codified some new laws, they've made an effort to change its laws, what gender are you actually updating in their system? 
they've only ever recognized the sex that a doctor assigned to you when you were, what, three seconds old? So it's kind of like saying, okay, oops, we made a little clerical error because the doctor said you were female when you were born, but we need to update that field and change it. So one of my favorite comments, this is the last comment I'll go through that I received, was somebody trying to act all high and mighty saying, I love you all, but this is wrong. Gender stereotypes are constructs. Male and female are not. You may block me and that's okay. But if people claim to be inclusive, then that should mean across the board, not simply if I agree with you. This ideology is the quickest to block others of any I've seen. If you are sure of yourself, then you shouldn't feel threatened by my beliefs. Peace. So for starters, again, world is not binary, no matter if we're talking about sex or gender. So when this person comes commenting about male and female, like, that is one of my biggest issues with all of this, with this whole discussion. You are basically invalidating the existence of human beings. You are invalidating somebody that is born intersex you're saying they're not a what that they just don't have anything like they're not male or female they don't fit into that framework so they're just nothing they don't have a gender i mean that's insane or somebody that identifies as a different gender identity than you personally think that they should I mean, who are you to tell that person that they are living their life right? Who are you to judge other people? It is not your business, first of all. But you don't have the grasp on what is right and what is wrong. Because the thing about what I'm telling you in this episode is even if you don't agree with this, The thing is, I'm not telling you to become a different gender. I'm not telling you to to change anything about yourself. The only thing I'm asking you to do is to change and expand your worldview and allow other people to live the life that they want to live. I mean, stop making oppressive laws. Stop pushing your own beliefs down somebody else's throat because you can't understand their lived experience. Let me break this down to you a final time because I want you to drive this in your head. Sex is assigned to you by a doctor. Gender is assigned by yourself. It is self-assigned. Sex is based on anatomical variants, traditionally termed male and female. Gender is a social and cultural construct. It is independent of any physical structure, any chromosomes, any genes. Gender has nothing to do with science. If you come into conversations like this person in the comment did, I just wanna say I'm not here for that kind of backhanded language. You try to guilt people into giving you a platform to spread misinformation and hate. And they used like heart emojis, 
putting a heart emoji, saying I love you doesn't make what you're saying accurate or right. And using backward logic like, well, if you're so sure of yourself, then you wouldn't be threatened by my beliefs. That has nothing to do with why I choose to block people like that. Like, I don't know if you're on my Instagram page, but I don't tolerate that shit at all. I am like so heavily policing my Instagram page. I just block, like that comment was immediately blocked. I blocked that person. I don't engage in these kind of fights with people. It has nothing to do with that. Stop saying things like this to justify your transphobia and the fact that you're uncomfortable in your own skin and your fucked up way of thinking. I don't entertain these kind of people in on the internet or in real life. Like this isn't a debate team. If you want to create some kind of space where you push your rhetoric, you go right ahead. But I don't have to engage with you on that. This is the whole point of today's episode. Next week, I'm going to get into how to be a better ally. I'm going to talk a little bit about pronouns. But the biggest thing I want you to take away from today is maybe you're already on board with all of this and this is like all no-brainers and you really didn't learn anything. Well, thanks for sticking through and I'm appreciative of you. For the group of folks that stuck through and they're not really sure, they don't know how to sit with all this, I want to thank you for sticking through. And I want you to remind yourself that this just because your lived experience is different just because you've never personally struggled with anything that we're we're talking about today that doesn't mean that there are not thousands just mass amounts of people out there that aren't living this every day and it is not up to you to invalidate their experience it's, it's just not. It's as simple as that. I want to close out today's episode with a quote from Dr. Terrence Whedon. He is a pediatrician and he wrote an op-ed in the New York Times. I will link it in the show notes. It's called, I am a gay Christian pediatrician and have no doubt Jesus would reject anti-trans laws. I'm including this for folks that might be listening that are Christian and they're struggling with these concepts because of what you've been indoctrinated with. I'm not smashing Christianity. I think that's awesome. I support whatever faith that you're a part of. But I really loved what this doctor wrote. So he says... The recent increase in anti-transgender legislation is troubling for me as a Christian, cisgender, gay man, and pediatrician who provides gender-affirming care to adolescents. According to the Human Rights Campaign, as of March 13th, a record of 82 anti-transgender bills have been introduced in state legislations this year. One such bill, which was signed into law on April 6th and takes effect in July, makes Arkansas the first state to ban physicians from providing gender-affirming health care to transgender youth under the age of 18. Homophobia and transphobia, which are not Christian values, 
are at the root of these hateful, harmful legislative, legislative efforts. The proposed laws set a disturbing precedent of discrimination in the name of Christianity, and they're not what Jesus would do. Jesus would not deter transgender youth from seeking life-saving care. Did Jesus withhold his curative power from the paralyzed man deemed a sinner? John 5, 1-15 No. Did Jesus deny healing to a man with a deformed hand on the Sabbath, one of the holiest days in Judaism? Mark 3, 1-5 No. Did he refuse to heal a man with leprosy when lepers were considered unclean? Matthew 8, 1 through 4. He did not. And Jesus did not refuse to heal children. He healed one's daughter who was thought to be dead. Mark 5, 35 through 43. A demon-possessed daughter of a Gentile woman. Matthew 15, 21 through 28 and a boy with epilepsy, Luke 9:37-43. I wanted to close out the episode with that because I thought it was a really powerful passage and I love the perspective and I think it's really helpful for you know a lot of the stuff that I see in the media that I see online is about people using Christianity as a way to 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 attack these principles, these human rights. And I hope that that helps anybody out there that's struggling with that concept. And I'm sorry, I actually misspoke. This was in the Washington Post, not the New York Times. So (laughs) want to correct that. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. And I will see you guys next week for part two.